Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Over this ball, it's going to be a left footer. It's got to be a good one. Swung into the box, and it's a good one. Yes! yes! Oh! It's Jason in. Pierce, is it? Who's actually buried it? Jason there? Pierce. Oh, I can't. It is Pierce. It is Pierce. Jason Pierce with his first goal of the season. He's just tripped over as well. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about that. I said it had to be a good ball from Jake Forster Kasky. Perfectly in behind the Shrewsbury line. I thought Barrow was going to get his test to it. I don't know whether he got a touch at all. But behind him was Jason Pierce, the captain of this side. And he slammed the ball past Dean Henderson. And the Addicts, still in the hunt for promotion, find themselves 1-0 up with 15 minutes left here. Bowers underneath this, it bypasses everybody. Dick, come on, Red! Launches oh. it forwards. Sadler will go back for Shrewsbury to deliver this. He goes back to Henderson. Oh, oh McGuinness almost gets there first. And the ball goes straight up in the air. Henderson can deal with it. McGuinness can deal with it. It's not on it. Go on! Go on, McGuinness! Go on! It's good! Yes! Josh McGuinness has scored for Joan! All three points are coming back to South East London. Henderson couldn't catch it because he skied the bouncing ball straight up in the air and McGuinness plants the ball beyond the keeper and it's 2-0 to Charlton. Unbelievable, obviously the Shrewsbury players trying to push forward. Henderson was outside of his penalty area and tried to clear the ball. The ball looped straight up into the air, obviously he couldn't use his hands. He was up against McGuinness, the ball bounced down, McGuinness had it, lofted it over Henderson and into the empty net and right at the death, Charlton have taken a two-goal lead to wrap up what will be a fantastic performance, a fantastic victory, combined with Portsmouth's defeat, moves them into fifth. And what are we worried about? Backing the promotion hunt. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we look back at the superb season-saving win over Shrewsbury Town and ahead to Saturday's trip to Portsmouth is uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's nice yeah. and professional, wasn't it, from yeah. us? Well, I mean, <laughs> we did what we had to do. Lost, lost our heads slightly at the yeah, end, but I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's that's, that's that's just the way it I, went. I said on, we'd uh, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you did. How are we getting on on Saturday? Uh, we're going to win again. Excellent, right. Let's go home. Uh, yep. uh, joining the two of us here in the studio at the Valley is uh, Mark Newby. How do you Mark? Uh, better than I was after Saturday's game. So Yeah. I mean, no one really saw that coming on, uh, on, on Tuesday, apart from Tom, of course. Uh, but we're all <laughs> glad it did. So on tonight's show, we will uh, talk about that win on Tuesday. We're going to hear from Lee Bay. We're also going to hear from goal scorer and captain uh, Jason Pearson. Uh, Lee Bayer discussed the possibility of whether Johnny Jackson is going to get up to his 500 career appearances uh, over the last uh, few games so we'll, we'll hear what he had to say to that and then of course look ahead to 
huge, huge game. Uh, they're coming thick and fast at the moment, isn't it? Uh, over at Portsmouth on Saturday, we're going to hear from Neil Allen uh, from the Portsmouth News. He's going to tell us uh, the, the, the Portsmouth side of the story. And then Bowie is going to look ahead to the game as well. Um, first things first, Tom, you and I, we were there uh, at the uh, the New Meadow on, on, on Tuesday night. And it was just one of those uh, one of those nights, wasn't it? It was a superb performance um, mm. defensively, uh, and we certainly grew more into the game as it went on. And in that last twenty five minutes, you've started to think well, we've got a chance here. And as soon as we go a goal up, you know we, we see it out. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the most complete performances I think we've had all season. Um, and I say that because they are one of the better oppositions we've played, um, and. It wasn't like Rotherham, which I thought was a, an equally good performance, Rotherham away, where we got ourselves in front uh, fairly early on and then def- defended. Uh, at half-time, it was nil-nil, and I thought we'd maybe slightly edged it. They'd had a lot more of the possession, and you think, this could go either way. We could come out in the second half, and if we're a little bit sluggish, they're going to capitalise. Uh, Josh Morrison, Sam Jones up front were, were a handful, uh, and I was a little bit on edge then. But we came out in the second half and continued our hard work, obviously got ourselves in front and then go on to get the second goal and I mean you can tell by our voices at the end the, the relief at, at getting that second goal but then after the game when we look back and I think I did mention it in our kind of summary Ben Amos didn't have to make a save they had no shot on target and and that wasn't just down to Pearson Bauer that was down to every single player in the team mm. Forster Kasky was everywhere Konza was everywhere the, the strikers were tracking back Marshall and, and Fosu were doing their work it was just such a complete performance and such a contrast from the last two games where we've been questioning their desire questioning whether we really had it in us to get over the line uh, and it was just it was just a brilliant evening and mark i mean i guess we were we were very much drinking in the last chance saloon as well i mean if we if we hadn't won on, on on tuesday do you think that would have been our time pretty much up with the the, the target that lee bowyer had set of winning three of the last four i think so um i think realistically you know you can be overtaken but i think if you could show momentum as we've always said, it seems to be the watchword for the last couple of months. Momentum going into the playoff fixtures. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to see he'd made so many changes to the team. And there was quite some noticeable absences, even on the bench, mm. one or two players. So, you know, it, it was a... It was a yeah, satis- satisfying. I think. I think the word is for yeah. that. I mean, yeah, you mentioned those six changes. I mean, obviously, obviously, as we said, it's sort of do or die time now. So, do you think he was sort of forced into those six changes to really shake the team up, sort of back into life? I mean, we know there's you know going to be fatigue or, or, or slight tiredness when it comes to the end of the season, anyway. But I mean, that, those six changes seemed like it seemed like a bold move before I kick off. Yeah, I think he had to do it uh, for two reasons. One, the side that he put out the last couple of weeks just hadn't worked really. Um, and two, potentially the reason it hadn't worked was because of tiredness. Um, and I think he even came out after the game and, and kind of reflected that perhaps that was the case. But, you know, the likes of Kai Kai and, and Gyro in particular that he's put faith in as, as uh, players to, to attack and go forward, last couple of games have just been off the pace. Some, some people would argue Kai Kai hasn't really been on the pace at all since coming. So, yeah, I said before the game, or I think on, on Thursday or Sunday show, uh, I would have brought Marshall in, um, I would have brought Tariq in, I would have brought McGuinness in. Um, I did say I would have had a Jose alongside him, but actually Steffi did a brilliant job. And uh, and Lewis Page at left-back was the other one, who again was, was fantastic on that side. So, it, yeah, I think everyone that came in, um, I guess you're, you're looking to, to prove a point um, and, and state your claim for, for another starting place, because obviously, as you say, we've got a more crucial games coming up, and I think... I think they all did that, 
But on the other hand, the likes of Gyro and Kai Kai and De Silva and the others that have, have now been dropped as a result are going to be itching to try and get back in as well. So it breeds a nice dynamic in the side going into three or potentially six with a bit of like crucial games towards the end of the season. And in particular, Mark Marshall, because I had him, uh, I think I put down it was his first start under Lee Bailey. His last start was the, the Fleetwood game, uh, the 0 0 draw, uh, Carl Robinson's last game. So for him to come in and to. You know, work as tirelessly as we as, as we know he can. I think I saw I saw you talking to him very briefly before the game. Actually, I mean, mm. what sort of seemed to be in good spirits. And yeah, yeah, he was in really good spirits. And again, that's something that that Boya mentioned about how none of the players really sulked when they weren't being picked. They were all just itching to get back on the field. But yeah, Marshy was spot on, and, and me and Terry were just kind of talking about the fact that over the last couple of games, we just seem to lack that fight, and and we've got. We've probably got better players than a majority of sides in this league in terms of individual players, but as a collective, especially those last couple of games, we've just lost that that edge that you need to get across the line against teams like Wimbledon mm. or early in the season, you know, to get over the line against the likes of Oxford and not concede silly goals or Gillingham twice and, and results like that. And Marshy pretty much said the same thing, and I think he he understands it, he gets it, he knows when he's. Maybe the game isn't for him, um, but I thought Tuesday night was, and, and the defensive work he did to help out Jig Steele, who'd been exposed a little bit in the past, uh, was it just the one game, wasn't it, that, that he played against uh, Scunthorpe? He, he just looked so much more comfortable with him in front. Would you be tempted to keep Marshall in on, on Saturday over Kai Kai, Mark? Yes, I would. Um, the interesting thing for me is, obviously, you chaps were both there. The last five minutes, did you feel nervous at all? They hadn't really pushed us at mm. all, but you know, the way we've been sometimes this season, you know, it was interesting to know in the last five minutes, you know, how nervous you guys felt yeah. about it. And I it mean, was... if, if you listen to the commentary, a, any tackle we made, any block or anything, we were breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. We were just desperate. And we, were, and... we were screaming for the referee to yeah. so just because we knew how big a result it was. But in terms of chances, they weren't great. Mm. I mean, in, even in the first half, I mean, Tom mentioned it, they edged possession <coughs> for me, although I looked at half-time and it said 51-49, but I felt it was more a case mm. that they certainly edged you know, possession in our half. Yeah. Um, but... When it comes to clear cut chances, we had we had the two or three, not them. I think Conzer had a shot that was deflected just wide from an early corner. Mm. Um, there was the one where the goalkeeper dropped a, a corner that Piercy couldn't quite do, and then I think there was one. Was it Mavadidi who went yeah. through? Looked like he got caught in two minds, quite a tight angle. And by the time he decided to, I, I'm still not even sure if he was shooting or trying to square no, it. It got blocked from from the near side. So in terms of, you know, I mean, we I think all of those chances for us probably came in the first twenty twenty five minutes. I did feel. As we got for like the last twenty minutes of the first half, we then struggled to keep the ball, and I thought that started the same at the start of the second half. You know, difficult game, bitty game in midfield, and we weren't really keeping the ball well. But you could sense a change, couldn't you, for that last twenty-five minutes? Really, mm. so I think when Fossil had that long shot, didn't he? They got tipped over the bar, yeah. and just just after that, and we forced a few corners. You could sort of sense that something was changing then. Yeah, and that's what I, I said. You know, when you go in at nil-nil at half time, you wonder, and especially as Mark says, ah. Oh, our tendency to drop off towards the latter stages of games you go right we, we're going to need to come out and we're going to need to perform here and there's been plenty of times this season that that hasn't happened but but they did and they came out and, and as you say we just continually grew into the game and imposed ourselves more and more on them and Shrewsbury were very good at getting the ball down getting it into the the front man who'd then lay it off to the midfield to then come forward and in previous games that that's worked against us but this time either Marshall or Fossu was back Konza or Forster Kasky was getting a foot in and just every player was helping out defensively and 
at the other end, McGuinness had had runners around him. So when uh, he must have won almost every single header, and Mavadidi, Fosu, and Marshall all were around him at all times, trying to pick up on those loose balls. And especially if I go back to the Wimbledon game, I mean, nothing stuck to Josh McGuinness that night, and it was just such an improvement. But yeah, all over the park. Uh, we talked after the game trying to find a man of the match. I think possibly for me it was Jake Forstakowski, but it was hard to pick one because mm. every single player just put everything they had into that game and it was just a, a brilliant all-round performance yeah Bowie looked like calmness personified on, on the touchline yeah. as he saw this game plan going through even when Max Lowe gave him a big shove while he was holding the ball yeah, uh, he won't do that again yeah no. he did well I was, I, was I was pleased and, and maybe surprised back in the day Bowie would have bit his head off but uh, I, was, I was pleased to see that Lee Bowie kept his cool it there it was funny because the, the Wimbledon manager and assistant manager looked over to go and support their player and they saw Lee Bowie's face and they went no 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 we'll leave it you're on your own yeah um uh, when the goal came, uh, the, the free kick from the edge of the box, uh, superb ball in from Forster Kasky. Now, I mean, a, a few people, uh, there was a couple of times in the first half where I said, corner, Forster Kasky, oh, he hasn't beat the first man. Uh, every now and then, he, he doesn't really yeah. get his set pieces on the money, but when he does, it, it's, it's good, and, and Piercy was there. It, was, it wasn't just a clean header, was it? It was sort of very much like mm. a, a case of, it was bouncing around, seemed to take a nick of someone, then it hit, uh, uh, maybe even go as far as saying I've just hit Pierce, but he 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 diverted it towards the goal, and and you know it seems to even take forever to loop in, but once it once it's gone in, you've got you've got that foothold in the game, and you're 15 minutes from the end. So like, here we go, we've got a yeah. chance now. And I mean, it wasn't just in that game, but all season really, we've been critical of of Charlton's corners not failing to beat the first man, and then he'd had a corner about 30 seconds before he won that free kick that hadn't even just not beaten the first man it kind of bobbled and actually almost worked out as a good free kick yeah. because it bobbled into the area and there was a bit of a scramble but it was still a poor technically a poor uh, corner so then we won the free kick and again you heard it in the commentary I said this has got to be good because there was that corridor between the corridor the line of, of uncertainty do you know, you know what exactly. that means yeah. uh, luckily yeah, yeah. Uh, between the, the Shrewsbury back four and the keeper and you think if you get it in there exactly as you say it's just got to hit someone and it's going to go in and McGuinness went for it was not that close Bauer went for it and it, I think just missed it and then yeah I thought Pierce had headed it in um, but actually having seen the, the all angles covered footage it looks like it just bounces off him but it, as I say he couldn't really miss and he's been such a such a warrior for us in the games he's managed to play this season that, that experienced head that we need and mm. for him to get his first goal of the season and such a crucial one is uh, it was just awesome yeah. Now, so then we had so so we had what fifteen minutes left. All of us uh, were sitting there, right, thinking, right, please hang on. Apart from Mark, who I found out was already in bed at this point <laughs> and didn't find out the score till four o'clock the next morning. Uh, but, um, but I mean, in fairness, even like so I think we had we had another chance. Mavadidi um, sort of won a corner, nearly he sort of stole the ball inside the penalty area as well, and just uh, uh, pulled a save out of the goalkeeper. Save, yeah. yeah, which was a good save. And then and then you just look at the last five minutes, and you're thinking, right, they're going they're going to start pumping it long towards the edge of the box, but. You know, we, we stood up to it on the edge of the area. The only real shot I can remember them having was one when a header got cleared to the edge of the box and Nolan mm. uh, just shanked sw- it. Yeah, completely sliced a shot. And then so we're going into five minutes of injury time. They're, they're pumping the ball in. Amos has claimed it. Pierce has gone down injured. So we put it out. So we're like, I'm not a fan of that. I'm, I, I think no, just played the five yeah. minutes. Now we've got to play another five minutes on top while the, uh, the physio comes on. And then, you know, in their desperation, everyone's forward for Shrewsbury. They forced the ball back to the goalkeeper. And in fairness to, to Henderson, it was a shocking pass back to him. Yeah. Uh, but McGuinness never stops working. He was there to put pressure on him. Henderson's sliced it right up into the air. And it, at no point whilst the ball was up in the air and they were 
sort of battling for it. Do you know I think? Oh, it would just tap in. <laughs> I thought there's no way he's going to be able to get enough control on this ball. It was the most nonchalant finish I've ever seen. I was ready to chase it into the net celebrating <laughs> as well. But I mean, such a relief because even though we, w- we were fairly comfortable, I mean, you, we were just desperate for that final whistle. And I, I, I was looking at everyone on Twitter, so like it wasn't there saying, where's the whistle, where's the whistle? Mm. And I actually had my full-time tweet written, Charlton won one nil winners, ready to send it. And I thought, I don't think, as soon as I pressed my goal to it, I bet no one's expecting this one, are they? <laughs> it, was, it was mad, and, and I must have said, come on, ref, about six times yeah. at the end of that game. And we were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and you're right, credit should go to McGuinness, because it's easy, when they then go back to the keeper, easy for him to just drop in and make a, a seventh defender, or however many we had yeah. on the pitch at that time. But he didn't, he chased it down. It was a horrible pass to Henderson. Um, you've got to you know, try and stick up for him a little bit there. But he obviously sliced it right into the air, and... And as it's in the air and coming back down, there was that, that moment where I think I realised, the, the crowd realised and the keeper realised, well, I can't catch this. Mm-hmm. Am I going to head it? Am I, what do I do? And it obviously bounced. And then as you say, McGuinness was just so casual to loft it over his head. And yeah. again, you heard in the country, it took forever to just roll <laughs> in. And, I mean, if it hadn't, if it had stopped on the line, it would just wasted time. Yeah. That would have been fine. But it was so nice to just see it roll over the line and... Yeah, as you say, put us two up, and, and that was that. Well, the uh, interesting thing about that, when I watched the um, highlights of it, was it was Konza, wasn't it, who had followed, yeah. who'd sprinted up yeah. the pitch and was and was almost booting it into the back of a net. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, for yeah, him, for him to go rest, into yeah. that... Which I thought was a good indication. Yeah. OK, he's a young lad, and but he's just done 95 minutes. Well, it's incredible. It just shows the sort of work rate that we were putting in. Now, um, I, I'll ask the question now. Why haven't we played like that? Over the last three games, because it's so it's so baffling in a way. Like why 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 can we turn it on when it when, when we desperately need to? But when we had sort of had a tiny bit of breathing space where, with the Scunthorpe game, we, we couldn't do it. Yeah, I think well Wimbledon, we were we were just completely outbattled. Um, I I don't know why we we just didn't seem quite prepared for that night. Scunthorpe, I think we got our tactics wrong. Um, I know it was just the one goal that came from potentially some people might say a defensive error from Jada Silva but he was certainly exposed and I think the diamond against Scunthorpe just didn't work and we then changed to a, a flat four um, we brought in different personnel so if tiredness was again an issue then that kind of counterbalanced that and and we were just set up I think a lot better um, I do think that something wasn't right in the last two games just in terms of the, the effort and I said on Sunday, and it's something I've been battling with because I think I don't think it's the the players not trying or not caring. I, I wasn't really sure what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it, and, and maybe Boya couldn't either. But yeah, it ju- they just didn't look like the same team. And they came out on on Tuesday night, and it was more like the team we'd seen in the first three games. That that fire was back in their eyes, and I think they understood that that chance was there again, and uh, and they took it, which was which was obviously great. Right, let's hear what Lee Bayer had to make of the game. His fourth win in charge of the Addicts gets us right back into that playoff race. Uh, this is how we saw that one up at Shrewsbury on Tuesday. I knew the lads had to <clears throat> stand up and be carried in today. Obviously, we've had a couple of disappointing results and obviously going to Wimbledon and losing there the way we did. We, we got at fault that night and, uh, and I knew coming here was going to be a much tougher task than going to Wimbledon because... These are a very good side. They're in third, pushing for the top two places, and uh, they're very physical. And, and when we played them at our place, they uh, they beat us up at our place and won two nil, and, and, and it was comfortable. But I, I, all I've been doing is trying to drum into them like you, you have to fight. You don't fight, you, you you won't win this game. It's as simple as that. 
and, and the togetherness that they've just shown out there tonight after two defeats and, and the work rate uh, the team performance like it was outstanding you know like I'm, I'm so proud of them um, and when we did win the ball then we played as well at times on a difficult pitch I was over the moon for Josh to get a goal at the end there because his work rate like everybody for, for everyone to see is it was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, you know. So, um, but the whole team again, like I'm, I'm just proud of them, and, and you have to hold your hands up, you know, and, and just say tonight. I, I had a lot of young players out there. I think five or six under 23s, and, and tonight for me, they all became men. Especially when you're a goal up going into five minutes of added time, you know that Shrewsbury were going to try and put you under pressure, but your men stood up to it perfectly tonight. Yeah, like I said, they, they all became men tonight, you know, because. If there's one thing that has been questioned about our side, it's their mental and physical side of the game. You know, everyone knows that we've got technical players and 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 that can play and and change games. But to come here and and, and stand up and be counted and fight as a team, not individually as a team, because that's what they've done. And uh, yeah, they, you can't take nothing away from them. They deserve all the praise they get tonight. The captain's performance from Jason Pierce. you can never never question his uh, physicality and he went up there and got you the, the vital goal that put you in front as well yeah no he was outstanding he's always going to put his body on the line that's, that's, that's who he is um, and like I said it's, it wasn't just him tonight yes he got a very vital goal I think we could have had maybe two or three from set plays like we looked very dangerous on set plays and they scrambled a couple of ways so but yeah no um Piercy was Piercy. He's the same every game, you know. He gives you 100% and he'll always put his body on the line for you. You set the target of winning three out of your last four games to get into that top six. You're back, you're back in fifth tonight, but you know how, how quickly that can change. So you're going to be asking for that level of performance from your team for the rest of the season? Yeah, I've asked that from from um, from the, the second I took over. We had it in the beginning on the Saturday, Saturday, Saturday games, but then... The Saturday, Tuesday, it was tough because of the demand I asked from them, like you've seen tonight. It's tough on them, you know. We've made some changes tonight. Obviously, Josh started up front. Steffi started up front. They didn't play the weekend. Marshall started. His work rate was unreal. Him and Anthony down the right-hand side, he was helping Anthony out, doubling up. So, yeah. It, but we know that there's, there's going to be three more tough games to go and there's going to be changes and there's going to be tops and turns and, but all we need to do is concentrate on ourselves and, and, and win the games we win the games and we win the playoffs so that, that, that's as simple as that and that's what I've just said to them enjoy what's happened tonight but get yourselves ready for Saturday because we've got to do it all again Tariq Fosu and now it's forced to Kaski over here on this near side to take the corner swings it in it's gone deep Bowers at the far post gets ahead of there oh it's in. in Patrick Bauer hits the ball down come on beyond Ian Lawler and into the back of the net for Charlton's opener oh, I can't believe that went in Terry Smith the ball came in from Force Kaski at the back post Bauer's able to beat his man he just heads it down on the ground almost So you listen to Charlton Live, this is the big match preview here on your Thursday evening. We're looking ahead to Saturday's game. 
crucial game up at, uh, down at Portsmouth in a, in a little while. Just heard from Lee Bowyer there. Interesting comment after the game I found uh, Tom and Mark. He sort of said, um, you know, if there's one thing you can that people have questioned about, about this Charlton side over the last season, perhaps, would be the, the mental and physical side of their game, not the technical side of their game. And it's probably fair to say that there is something that's been questioned recently. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can point to probably half a dozen games where we've been bullied out of it, where we you know, much better players and physically bullied out of it. And we can point to like half a dozen games where tactically we've been nullified and, you know, we've got on their backs a bit because we just keep going across the back. Um, it's interesting, you know, you wonder how much psychologically, it, you know, the effect is of Bauer in um Boya, I should say, um, in that dressing room, you know, getting into them. Um, as much as Kyle could probably throw a teacup, I should imagine Boya can probably get into people a touch more and really get people up and working for Just it. Just bring in a photo of uh, Kieran Dyer when he was finished with him. <laughs> so, do, you want, do you want this to be you? <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, if, if that's what it takes, you know, and I think that's it works. And I think it's, I'd, I've said before, I've always felt we had a bit of a soft underbelly you know, apart from Jake, there haven't been many people who'd really get involved. Maybe Josh will hand out a slap, <laughs> but not many yeah. who will stand up and say, you know, in a 22-man brawl, you know, who who do you want flying in there? I mean, little Jada Silver's not going to knock anybody <laughs> over. But, you know, I think it's good. It shows they are together, and it yeah. shows if we can get them working. And what about the mental side of the game, Tom? Because obviously, you know, I mean... I, I did complacency setting against Scunthorpe because we'd, we'd had a you know we we had a chance and, and we blew it. Is is that what happened? Or maybe maybe I mean uh, Sue always used to say you got to treat treat the footballers like kids almost. So yeah, maybe they're they're mental mentally more fragile than than we realise, um, and maybe they need sort of geeing up for every single game independently. Um, obviously, as fans, we don't need that. You know, we go into Scunthorpe, we know how big it is. And I don't know, maybe the players underestimated it. Maybe Boya, as I say, didn't didn't really think about geeing them up as much. Maybe didn't realise that they weren't, their heads weren't quite in it. I, I, I don't really know what it is. I think I think he's right, though. Um, and as I say, when we were, me and Tell were speaking before the game, we said, technically, we've got better players than most teams in this league. But the fact we're not top shows there is something else missing. So whether it's... Uh, physicality or, or mentality or a little bit of both I think there's definitely something missing there but they've shown on on not just on Tuesday night but on in other games this season that they you know the the 0-0 draw away at Wigan for example that as I say the 2-0 away win at Rotherham early in the season we've shown we can go to these difficult places and we can get results it's just a case of replicating that time and time again and we're going to go to Portsmouth on Saturday and we're going to need to do that again. We've got Blackburn coming here, we're going to need to do it again. And then Rochdale, we can't be complacent there because they're likely fighting for their lives. So we've got three massive, massive games and we need to be have confidence in the players that they're going to take those games just like they did on Tuesday. Right, as I said, sort of in the interview with Lee Bowyer, there is one player who you could never question his physicality or perhaps his mental toughness, Jason Pearce. Captain uh, in the win at Shrewsbury, got a goal and a clean sheet, but he said it wasn't all about him. Yeah, no, it's not about me. Uh, tonight it was about the team and the club, really. I think when Bo took over, um, we showed what we were about for the first three games and then we've, we've, we've been off it for two games and I think we've been obviously disappointed as players and obviously the fans have as well, and, and rightly so. So tonight we, we, we got together and um, really put on a, a proper performance tonight and, uh, and yeah, we're delighted. 
the intensity level that uh, your manager, your new manager, asks of you now, he said, uh, by your own ambitions, didn't quite reach that in the last two games. Uh, you certainly did that tonight. I mean, every every player to a man covered probably just about every blade of grass. Eh? Yeah, no, we knew we knew um, before the game coming up here it was going to be a tough game. They'd, they'd have a little bit more rest than us, but we knew we had to put on a performance if we wanted any chance of getting in the playoffs. We've given ourselves a fighting chance now, um, and we and we have to keep keep on improving. I said after the game to the boys, like no messing around. Now we've got to keep focused and make sure we go into the next game at Port Portsmouth, which is going to be a real tough game, and try and get the three points there. When uh, Shrewsbury came down to the valley, they uh, they gave us a bit of a hard time, uh, arguably beat us up a little bit. So you knew what you had to face when you came here, uh, and uh, you especially. I mean, you, you revel in those sort of tussles. You must have, you yeah. must have enjoyed it, but you must be really pleased that everybody else uh, stood up as well. Yeah, and no, I think um, we had that in our minds. To be fair, that was that was my first game back after a long time out, and. I didn't really do myself justice, I didn't think. So um, I wanted to try and put on the right performance, which I know I can do tonight. And I'm pleased for myself and, and, and the team. Um, we knew it was probably men against boys at home, and, and that's not right at, at the Valley. So we proved tonight that, that we're not, not no, no pushovers, um, and we've got to keep on doing that. You've got a captain's armband now. I know that we, when we've spoken before, it's something that you always had your eye on a little bit, uh, but uh, respected the people who already had it. But you must be enjoying it, uh, enjoying having that around your yeah, arm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm really enjoying it. But like I said, um, sort of Chris Solly's the, the captain, and um, obviously we, we miss him, miss him out there. But no, um, at the moment I'm captain, and, and um, yeah, I'm reveling in it, and I love it. Um, just try and show that experience that I've got at the minute, and help. We've got a lot of young players there, so I need to help them out. You got. Uh, we had six changes tonight. There's been a regular change for the left and right backs. Is that is it a little bit difficult as a, as a back forward to try and get used to? Um, I think obviously myself and Pat have got a good partnership, so we, we want to try and stay stay together if we can. Uh, but obviously you you got the likes of Harry and 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 um, Naby to come in, and, and they're very good players as well. But I think um, the right and left back has been changed, but they're they're all very good players. So I think he just wants to keep on changing because there's been so many games to so keep keep people fresh so got to talk for your goal uh, lovely free kick coming in from Jay Foster Kasky and they they did look a little bit susceptible to, to the set balls uh, to the set pieces rather so yeah. uh, getting your head on it you, you t- did you take yeah. a whack uh, in the uh, art of getting the head to the ball or was it the uh, face plant afterwards yeah I, <laughs> I tried to sell it like, my legs just gave way I think <laughs> um, no I mean Jake Jake Foster Kasky he put some great uh, balls in today and uh, to be honest with you, I, I should have done better with um, the one before. There was one before that, which uh, was a f- probably a free head, and I should have hit the target. So, no, I was disappointed to miss that, um, but, but I, was, I was delighted to, that one went in. And hitting the bar against uh, Wimbledon, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Hitting the post, rather, yeah, yeah. against Wimbledon. So, you've come close. You must have been uh, yeah. desperate to get off. No, I've, I've been desperate. I said, I said to them, I've, I think I've scored in every um, season I've, I've played, so I wanted to try and get one. I was, leaving, I was leaving it late, but it was an important goal, so I'm, I'm pleased. So, first of many, hopefully, with, hopefully. Uh, with the run into come, and it'll be a tough run in, of course. We got uh, back in uh, into the mix on Saturday against Portsmouth, and uh, I suppose the same level of intensity from from the players to, to try and get the three points there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, so, like I said before, we said to the boys, and, and, and Bo said, like we have got to keep focus now, and, and it's important that we we can't drop them levels like we have the previous couple of games. Um, so now I think we we got that focus now, and, and like like you say, Portsmouth going to Fratton Park, obviously going a big one for me going back there, but um, but obviously it's a massive game for the club, and, and we need to put on a performance. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. of the Oxford defence and Foster will try and close it down and Mussinio gets himself in a bit of trouble it comes to McGuinness McGuinness on the edge of the penalty a good challenge from Mussinio Kashi gets there first Kashi in the penalty here Kashi oh, yes. finish his first goal of the season oh. beats Eastwood diving to his right side Kashi's running around the valley <laughs> absolutely delighted for him McGuinness has stayed down though from the challenge John take the lead here at the valley so you listen to Charlton Live, big match preview here on uh, Maritime Radio. Uh, just heard from Jason Pierce there. I mean, in terms of Warriors, Mark, I guess he won't get many, won't many stronger uh, in in uh, in the Charlton team. I wonder because he was out for quite a while, wasn't he? I wonder if how much of a uh, an influence that was on on the poor run we had, sort of each side, either side of Christmas. Well, I've just been looking in a program of a team which played Portsmouth here, and we didn't do ourselves justice for such a momentous game as mm. it should have been for us. And it was Konza and um, Nabi Saar as our, as their centre halves, and I think Vakin got a bit bullied by um, Pittman. Yeah. And I think if if um, Pierce is playing Saturday, which he should be, and Pittman's playing, I think it will be a totally different outcome for yeah, that. Very, very interesting, yeah. Because sounds... they're they're both physical players. I mean, he doesn't give any quarter, mm. Pierce, and he doesn't moan when he gets um, you know hit. And like, I don't think he he likes it when people start moaning when they they've been sort of like. Um, affected by his tackle yeah so. yeah it sounds like Pittman will be playing I spoke to Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News we're going to hear that later on but it sounds like Pittman sort of just come back from injury recently so yeah he's got 28 goals already which is <laughs> hopefully it'll still be 28 come 5 o'clock on, the, on, on Saturday um, right uh, in the news in press day today something else that, that, that popped up is uh, Johnny Jackson I believe he's two appearances short of his 500 career appearances uh, and he was uh, Bayou was asked whether it's likely that Jacko will get to fulfil those uh, and, and hit 500. Obviously, everybody would like Johnny to get to 500. No one more than myself, because that's some achievement. But I think you have to be careful on, on what you do, you know, because the most important thing is to get the results. And Johnny will sit here and say and say the same himself that he would rather see the lads get the results and him get to 500. So, but you never know. There might be a time that you can maybe chuck him onto a couple of times to get to 500. But at the moment, we're not even thinking of anything like that. And, and Johnny's injured at the moment, so he's still the Achilles. Yeah, he's still the Achilles. So he's 
he's not going to get the 500 while he's still injured. So, I mean, listening to that, it does sound unlikely that he's going to make it. Um, just Especially if he's injured now and there's only three league games left to go. Uh, unless they bring him out of retirement early next season just to tick a couple off. But, I mean, it, when, when you look at a, a player who's had a remarkable career and, and, and certainly spent a long, a long time here at the club and everything he's achieved for the club, and now he's getting ready to move on to the next stage of his career. And you know, we're really happy that that seems to be happening here. Um, you know, there's no room for sentimenty, but uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be good if, um, if, if there was some way to make it happen. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think he deserves the opportunity and I'd like to think that somewhere along the way over the next few games it's there. Um, I think as fans, obviously, we've got that fairy tale of him coming on and, and scoring at Wembley. Um, but obviously that's a, a long way away at the moment. Um, yeah, there, there's nothing I can say about Johnny Jackson that hasn't been said already um, and I don't really know how to put into words tr- to try and explain just what he's done for this club over the last few years. It's uh, he's just a complete, a complete Charlton legend. Um, if he got to 500 then obviously that would be just just an extra incredible achievement to, to add to what he's already done but as you say once once the sentiment is over um, and I'm sure he will get some sort of run out somewhere um, be it just five minutes at the end of a game um, I can't believe he's not going to get that opportunity but as you say the, the way to move past that is to look forward and, and as you say he's starting a, on a coaching career um, we hope that that stays with us you would hope that one day he'll be standing in that dugout as our manager and it sounds like that's what he would like as well. Um, so yeah, I guess for him it's it's about looking forward now and, and I'm sure if he gets over his injury and he needs to be called upon over the, the next three to six games, he, he will be there for us 100%. Hmm. Um, it's interesting, isn't it really, Mark, when you think... Um uh, about about the career he's had, but now starting to learn his his coaching and whatnot, and obviously he's 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 been doing that under under Carl Robinson, he did that, but now obviously he's doing that under Lee Bayer, who's also very inexperienced himself. Um, but I mean, do, do, do you think he, he, surely he's in the right place to to, to learn his the ropes sort of as a coach? And you know, I mean, do you see success for him in, in that in that path? Well, like Tom says, I mean, everything which you can say about Jacko has been said before. We could do a whole Sunday night show literally on, on Johnny Jackson, on goals and what he means to the club, you know, as a, as a legend. I think he's in the right place. Um, I think for him, if he got offered a League Two side, it might just come a little too soon. Mm. And I think he'll he'll do a, maybe a couple of years here, he'll go off somewhere else, you know, and then eventually, like Chris Powell, you know, return as a prodigal son when we need him. So it's you know, I think it's all good. I think he's got the right kind of um, football brain to be a mm. good manager. So you know it's, it's 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 good to see down the future. And like I say, yeah. it is the kind of thing you'd you'd want him back here at some time. Yeah, I mean, a suggestion thrown up here by Alison Sampson said uh, uh, an idea for Charlton management Lee Bowyer with uh, you know his further coaching qualifications. Although he does have what he needs to to be Charlton manager. Supported. By Alan Kerbishley as assistant, and of course Jackson as first team coach. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that? There's a really interesting article actually today, um, and if you go to I think to the Media Watch page of the Charlton website, it links to it. Uh, an interview with Alan Kerbishley, talking about not only his time at Charlton and West Ham, but then his roles more recently as a more experienced assistant manager or coach. And it's something that they like think a director of football. Yeah. yeah, and they think that that might become more and more prevalent. So that I. He's in the past as far as I'm concerned with Charlton, but he obviously means a huge amount to us all. And I think the chance of someone with that sort of experience coming in 
as you say, either as a director of football or on the bench, but not as the the head coach or manager, is is going to become more prevalent. I think if we look forward to the future, then yeah, Jacko and Boya for the moment taking us forward. How long Boya stays in the job, I'm not sure. Um, and I guess the takeover plays a part in that as well. But I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think all of us as fans would want whatever happens in terms of our owner would want Johnny Jackson in some sort of coaching role come next season. Mm. Right, let's uh, start to gear up for Saturday's trip to uh, to, to Fratton Park. Three, three games left this season, currently sitting within the playoff places. We're in this bizarre situation now where we spent the entire second half of the season don't don't worry, we've got games in hand. Now we're one of nine teams, I think it was, that have played 43. Everyone else has played less, so almost everyone has a game in hand on us, including uh, two, two of the teams that are chasing us, Scunthorpe, have got one game in hand. They're a point behind us. Plymouth have got two games in hand on us. They are also a point behind us now. But don't forget, Scunthorpe's game in hand is against Plymouth, and one of, of therefore, obviously, one of one of Plymouth's is against Scunthorpe. They, they can't both win that. Uh, so, that, so not both of them will immediately overtake us with that game in hand. If that makes sense, I'm trying to work out what would be better for us in that game, and that game doesn't happen till till the last week of the season. But I think if if Plymouth win that game they they would overtake us but Scunthorpe would no longer have a game in hand and would be below us assuming we go point for point for point for them with the rest of the I, season I'm taking it a minute at a time the, at the, the permutations are <laughs> uh, giving me a headache but that's where we are so we know where we are but it's a huge huge game at Portsmouth on Saturday because they have played the same amount of games on us as us but they're two points behind us so if we lose they will go a point above us if we draw might not be the worst result. I mean, we, we might get away with a draw so long as we beat Blackburn and Rochdale, but obviously that's not an easy task anyway. So, I mean, ideally three points Saturday, three points against Blackburn, three points against Rochdale, win the both, both the playoffs, win the final. We'll be in the Premier League in two years. Job done. Easy. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's time. Like, so, we, we look ahead to uh, Saturday's game. It's a big game for Tom Cross. He's emailed in and said, Hi, Junts. Uh, the win on Tuesday night has made this Saturday's game a right day out, and that's brilliant for me as I'm a student at the University of Portsmouth uh, and have waited for a meeting with Pompey for the last three years. Unfortunately, it's not a championship or Premier League fixture. Hopefully, a win on Saturday will spur me on for my ensuing dissertation deadline next Friday. Uh, or you might have a hangover and not be able to complete it. I mean, that's a problem, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> however, it shall be a very tough task. I just hope that we can build on our momentum. Pompey are beatable at home, as many teams have proven this season. Uh, when looking at the reverse fixture between us, we had so many injuries. Now we have players back. We should have the quality to see them off. But as you guys know, big away crowds and Charlton don't often end well. I'll be in the John Jacks uh, Spoons, five minutes from Fratton Station, if you fancy a drink. So that's where Tom's drinking, if anyone fancies it. Um, but, I mean, uh, just be- before we hear from, from Neil Allen, from, from the Portsmouth News, I mean, what would what, you make of our opposition? I mean, they, 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 just, they lost at Bradford on Tuesday, which has obviously sort of opened the door for us a little bit. They just slightly started stuttering over the last few weeks, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, when I've, when I've seen them on, on TV and with highlights and stuff, they're not a team which impressed me. They didn't impress me, you know, when they beat us here, but that was more down to our lethargy on the pitch um, but they can be a bit of a niggly team I mean Fratton Park's quite a compact ground and it's quite atmospheric as well and their fans can be quite rabid so it's, it's how we deal with that I mean if we keep them quiet and they start to get nervous like teams have come here and done to us you know I think we can uh, I think we can get something out of it I don't think they're a team particularly to be feared. I know Pittman's got lots of goals, but you know they've had quite a few pens, and he he, he is a bit of a poacher as well. And like I say, because he's an old head, but Pierce is also an old head. I don't think he'll get 
the opportunities that he he would get against a younger centre half. So mm. we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he doesn't, and Pearcey will be marking him out of the game. Right, uh, last night. Uh, when I got back from Shrewsbury, uh, I rang up Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News uh, to find out all about Pompey. Joined now by Neil Allen at the Portsmouth News, who covers Pompey uh, home and away. Neil, good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Good evening. Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Now, obviously, it's a huge, huge game coming up at Fratton Park on uh, on Saturday. Portsmouth uh, just behind the Addicts in, in the race for the playoffs. And after last night's defeat at Bradford, uh, they'll be desperate for a result. Yeah, well, afterwards, Kenny Jackson said basically Pompey need to win their three remaining games to have any chance of the playoffs. Uh, and it's absolutely intriguing to come up against Charlton because as Charlton have played the same amount of games, if Pompey do win their three remaining games, they will finish the season above Charlton. Uh, whether that's in the playoffs, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, won't we? But uh, it's a massive, massive game for mm. both clubs. I mean, have, have Portsmouth looked like they were going to be playoff challengers throughout the season? Uh, well, at the end of December, Pompey were in sixth place. Uh, they've never really dropped out of the, of the, the top eight or nine all season. But uh, they had a dreadful spell from from uh, the start of January uh, up until about a month ago where they, they weren't getting, I think they got six points and they were, they were they had injuries to, to keep experienced players. And, uh, and then the players came back, including Brett Pittman, they suddenly hit form. And uh, um, until last night, they'd... Uh, they got uh, six games without defeat, winning four of them and, and drawing two in the road. So they were in great form. And suddenly, when fans are given up for the playoffs, they've uh, they've come strong. And then, obviously, that result of Bradford was uh, was a bit disheartening and uh, sets them back a little bit and uh, and makes the, the task even more hard now. Yeah, I mean, do you think the defeat last night at Bradford uh, could prove to be a bit of a psychological blow ahead of Saturday's game? Oh, definitely, definitely, because uh, effectively it was in Pompey's hands before then. Now, that even if Pompey do win their three remaining games, even if they finish ahead of Charlton, they're still relying on others to slip up. For example, uh, plates above Pompey are Plymouth, who have got two games in hand on Pompey and they're a point ahead. So getting past Plymouth is going to be a difficult one as well. And also, in the playoffs at the moment, Scunthorpe who uh, I think they've got uh, four games left, so they've got a game in hand on Pompey as well. Uh, and they've got some, some good games to come for, such as Walsall and uh, MK Dons. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, a real body blow for Pompey. It's still possible, but, but again, they have to win all their remaining games and hope somebody somewhere slips up so they can get into those uh, spots. Yeah, and you mentioned Kenny Jackett there. Obviously, he's uh, used to manage one of Charlton's rivals in Millwall, but he seems to have done a... A pretty steady job since he's uh, gone down to Fratton Park. Yeah, he's done an absolute great job because he took over in the summer when Paul Cook went to Wigan. He's a quality manager at this level, isn't he? He's experienced, he's won promotions, he's won playoffs as well. and uh, he's, uh, he, he, he's done very, very well and he's, he's, he's changed the team a little as well. He's tried to bring more youth into it because Pompey were promoted last year with a lot of experience and players well over the age of 30 so he's, he's changed that and uh, so it's come together and bearing in mind it's probably his first year back in League One it's um, an excellent foundation to build on even if they don't get to the playoffs because mm, I, I was going to ask about what the expectations were at the start of the season because of course we know that, that Pompey have only just come back up 
to League One. But historically, over the last few years, obviously they're coming down from the Premier League and then going all the way down to League Two. I mean, do, do, do the the fans think that the club should certainly be aiming higher than than League One? Uh, well, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, there, there, there'll be an expectation to to. to get back to the championship and uh, yeah they'd definitely be aiming higher but there's a lot got to be a bit of realism and although not all fans are realistic obviously but there has to be realism and, and that is this is the first year back in League One they can't expect to straight away get promoted again it doesn't work like that in football hmm. so um, yeah the, 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 it, effectively it's been a free hit for Jackie this season because uh, it's just about stability about building so you couldn't go wrong really this season it's just about staying in League 1 and they've, they've never been involved in the relegation area they've probably never been involved in the bottom half of the table so it's a great chance for him to, to go into it with no pressure no expectations and create that foundation for what's coming next year which will be more pressure on him then to uh, try to get out of the division somehow mm. Now who who should who will be the danger men that Charlton fans should be looking out for uh, down at Fratton Park uh, on Saturday. It's got to be Brett Pittman. Uh, Twenty-three goals this season. He's come back from the from injury uh, in, in inspired form, um, and he he really is the man to watch. He, he's been excellent this season. Um, the first Premier player since two thousand and three to get twenty goals in a season. Um, so uh, it's, it doesn't come. Those twenty goal season strikers don't come along often. I know a lot of fans always cry for a twenty goal season striker. It doesn't happen, and uh, uh, he's been in phenomenal form. And he's a he's a misleading striker because um, sometimes a lot of time he goes quiet. He, he doesn't get. He doesn't get. I think he's got one assist all season, so that's not his game. His game is goal scoring, uh, and he's not purely restricted in the box because we saw against Bradford. Yeah, on Tuesday night he finished with a left foot from 25 yards so uh, he's just a pure goal scorer and just pop up when you least expect it and get a goal hmm. So if I had to put you on the spot I mean how do you, how do you see Saturday's game going and, and, and for Portsmouth I mean how, how do you rate now their chances of getting into that top six? Top six well say they, they, they have to they have to win Saturday don't they Pompey uh, if they don't they can forget about it really so a draw is not good for, for either team either I suppose because there's so many chasing now and Pompey and Charlton have both played the most games so uh, uh, just like Pompey Charlton be wary of Scunthorpe they'll be wary of Plymouth Peterborough one place behind Pompey so um, neither team can avoid the draw it's going to go right to the wire isn't it but Pompey has to win on Saturday so there we go that's Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News um, telling us all about Pompey Brett Pittman scored uh, eight goals in his last seven games take the 23 uh, for the season uh, Alan mentioned he came back from injury I'm trying, it looks like his injury was quite a while ago actually but I mean goodness me if we had a striker of that potency I imagine we'd be uh, we'd be up there in the old uh, play automatic uh, situation perhaps yeah you'd think so I mean looking again at Shrewsbury on Tuesday I think they haven't got any goal scorers He's got over about 12 or 13 this season but they've just got a lot of them so you don't need that but obviously it makes a massive difference and yeah, he, he can be a match winner. Uh, and we've got a couple of players that can maybe produce that little bit of magic. We obviously had Ricky earlier on in the season. I think Tariq can do that. But we haven't got someone who's just there time and time and time again just putting the ball away. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Sell-out crowd, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. But as he says, they need to win more than us. Mm. Um, if If we lose, I mean, it's obviously... 
a massive blow. But if we lose, we're not out of it. I think if they lose, they probably are. So yeah. if they come out and, and try and win, that's obviously going to leave space. And that's the sort of game that we tend to like. Yeah, I mean, Jacket, by the sounds of it, said they have to win all three of their remaining games now. So, I mean, considering we're on three out of four, so now two out of three, uh, maybe we can just about get away with. I think I think a draw would actually be all right as long yeah. as we beat Blackburn. But as we were sort of saying off air, it's too difficult to guess the permutation. There's so many of the teams in and around us still to play each other. It's not just uh, Scunny and Plymouth. That uh, there's other teams that face each other as well. And Peterborough uh, tonight are playing against Blackburn as well. That's just kicked off still nil nil at the moment. But if uh, if a goal goes in before the end of the show, we'll let you know. Uh, but we're going to jump straight into Lee Bayer's preview of uh, Saturday's game because we've run out of time here. Bayer gives us the injury update and uh, tells us what he expects uh, from from a Portsmouth uh, team. It's not an easy place to go, he says. It's a tough place to go. It can be intimidating at times, and for sure their fans will. Will be behind them, you know. They, what would they have? Eighteen, twenty thousand there, I guess. So um, we have to be ready, and, and this is going to be a, a different type of test, if you like, for our players playing in front of that crowd with with how vocal they are. So, um, but we can use that to our advantage, I'm sure. And players love playing in a big match atmosphere in front of big crowds. No doubt, Charles players are no exception. No, no, everybody, everybody. That should be your aim to to play in front of big crowds and good atmospheres, and and it, and it should get the uh, the air standing up on, on your back, you know. So, um, no, we'll be we'll be ready for it. So um, it's going to be a big test, but we, we know what we have to do. We have to keep winning games, and um, I'm, I'm sure we'll be ready on Saturday. And after that comes Blackburn up at the Valley, the promotion favourites. And followed by a trip to Rochdale, who are fighting for their lives. I mean, if you do make it into the playoffs, uh, you would have done it the hard way. Yeah, we were, when I first took over, I knew the running that we had, but I don't doubt my squad of players. I never have. From the first time I sat here in front of everybody, then like I said, I, I believe we'll make the playoffs. Nothing's changed. We're in a good position, and we've got three games to go now. So. I know it's an old saying, but they're all cup finals, you know, because once we get into the playoffs, like I've said before, over two legs, I don't think there is a team that, that will beat us over two legs. And how about the injury situation? Have you got uh, fresh options for the weekend? Well, at the moment, we've just spoke to the physio and I think he named five players that their hamstrings are sore and tight. The pitch was very heavy the other night, so... Um, and have to look and see how they are this morning, but it just shows you the, the work rate that they put in on the, on Tuesday night. But no fresh injuries that, that I'm aware of, just a lot of fatigue and tightness. Are you giving them extra time off? Uh, no, no, they're in this morning. We're still preparing like we would for any game. Um, yeah, they've done really well on Tuesday, but they had yesterday to recover and, and then they're back in this morning. Some will be outside on the grass. Some will be getting more recovery stuff. Um, but I leave that to the professionals. Lee Bogo, thank you very much. You mentioned those tight hamstrings. Does that make them doubts? Is that just about managing them from now until, until then? It's just managing them. Uh, hopefully they're not too serious. I think there's there's one that's a bit more than tightness, I think. But again, we won't know till this morning. Uh yeah, it's just managing them, you know. At this stage of the season, it's not like you have to keep them fit 
because their fitness is already inside them. So uh, it's just a, a matter of getting their bodies ready the best we can to go again on Saturday. But we we might make changes anyway, you know, because obviously it was a tough game on Tuesday. And uh, obviously I made uh, quite a few changes for Tuesday's game. So I do have fresh players that can come straight back in. Yeah, Joe Rubin is dealt with a few positions. Yeah. Is he back? Is he? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't ask about Joe. Um, my main concern was the hamstrings. Everybody's hamstrings, like after squads, uh, after starting 11s, hamstrings are tight. So I was more worried about that. I, I know if I if I call on Joe, I'm I'm sure Joe would be he put his body on the line for me. I'm sure. So there we go, Leslie Bowie looking ahead to Saturday's game. So it sounds like you know we sort of paid the price a little bit for that. That tough performance with a few muscly injuries, uh, ha- hammies or whatnot, tight tight hamstrings and stuff. So that that's going to be quite interesting to see how we, uh, you know, how we line up, how fit we are. I mean, because I, I I don't know, I didn't mention this earlier. I mean, my initial reaction on Tuesday was that Tariq Fossu wasn't fully fit actually. That's what I thought, the the yeah. first couple of times I saw him running. So we know there's there's fatigue and tiredness and, and muscle strains in that squad. Uh, so, so it's sort of a case of trying to make sure we patch ourselves up and get through to the end of the season. But I mean, Mark, I mean, if if if, if everyone was fully fit and and, and of, of the people you know, we've definitely got fully fit. What changes are you foreseeing for for the trip to to Fratton Park? None, none to the back five. I yeah. think the back five. I think you've got to keep Page in. Um, really, you know, keep little Jay on the bench. Yeah. Or even put him on the left hand side if um, Fozzie's not fully fit. You know, might be an option more than Kai yeah. Kai. Um, I'd start with Big Mac up front as well. Um, but whether you go with Mavadidi, it depends how they're managing his um, recovery. So I'd, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Josie start alongside Big Mac up front. Mm. So the rest of it, it it really depends. I mean, you can't really second guess Bo. You know, he's he's changed it so much. It's all you, know, about, yeah. you can come up with 10 different teams and you'd be yeah. very lucky to have if, one the same. Yeah, when I was speaking to, to Neil Allen on the phone actually from Portsmouth News, he asked me to pick an 11. I, I said, look, I'll be honest, a lot of this is guesswork because you just don't know. Um, you know I mean, Marshall, for example, putting one hell of a shift having not played for a while. Mm. Yeah, I think the only... My thinking around this is is that we're going to be counter-attacking because, as I say, Portsmouth are going to come and play. Um, wonder whether Reeves, therefore, might start somewhere alongside either Forster, Kasky or Konza just because he's got more of that range of passing to get the ball forward to the attackers. I think Steffi might start alongside McGuinness for that reason as well, for the added pace. I would definitely start with the same eleven. I wonder whether Kai Kai might start because of his pace as well um, and the chance to really get at their back four. Um, but as I say, for me, he hasn't really shown enough since he's been here. And after that performance on Tuesday night, I know tiredness is going to play a part, but I think... I'm guessing Boya seems to be quite loyal to his players and that's why perhaps they were too tired to, to play their games. I would probably be the same and I would say, you did it on Tuesday, go do it again. If tiredness is a factor, then he's going to need to think about that. But I wouldn't want to say who he's going to drop really because because I was so impressed with him on Tuesday night. Mm. I mean, because if you look at the players that have been kept out of the team from, from Tuesday, the likes of Jose, Ben Reeves, who, who'd had a good little spell mm. before going slightly off the boil. Uh, maybe maybe against uh, was it Scunthorpe? He, he didn't play too well. I mean, uh, Zyro we know you know has some good games, but again, the last two or three games he's been pretty anonymous when when he has played. So there, there, there's so many different headaches, and I guess a lot of it will probably just come down to who's fit enough. And and you know, Lee Bay was talking about 
he's he's not planning for I've got to see see who I can get me through three games. He's thinking I need I need to see who can get me through six games and yeah. and just that sort of mentality. So it, surely it means that you'd expect a little bit of chopping and changing. I mean, for example, we saw Esri Conza in, in central midfield on. Uh, on Tuesday, and that's not something we've seen too often this season. Yeah. So, I mean, do, do you think he'd keep his pace? I mean, we, was, we know he put in a shift because he was the one chasing McGuinness's shot into the goal in the 98th minute, as Mark pointed out. Yeah, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, as I say, I would potentially think about putting Reeves in there um, just for his creativity going forward. Uh, it depends, uh, Boya, if what he said early on in his managerial career, if we could call it that, it's very early days about watching the other teams and assessing what the other teams do, that will, I think, determine who he selects. If he's looking at Konza and Forster Kasky protecting the back four, like he did on Tuesday night, I would expect him to keep the same. If actually he thinks Pierce and Bauer between them can handle Pittman, um, who's obviously their main threat, and the wingers can cover anything that's potentially going to come into Pittman, then maybe he'll go with someone more creative in the middle to, as I say, pick the ball up on the turn and spread that ball out to to the likes of Fosu and Marshall quickly so that we can get on the counter. So he's got to study the opposition, he's got to decide, and as you say, the players that are available, uh, mm. and he's got to assess that as well. Right, still Blackburn nil, Peter Renew after 13 minutes by the looks of it. So obviously by the time you listen to on this podcast, you'll know which way that result's gone. Hopefully it has gone our way. Mark, uh, I'll get you to choose the cashy back uh, just <laughs> off the top of your head. I mean, what are, you, what are you feeling? We'll get Nathan to put it on. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, I think it's going to be one goal in it. I think it's going to be a one-nil win. Yeah, to us. So who, who do you fancy? I think McGuinness because yeah. I think he'll start and I think he'll score. Excellent. Right, we'll get Nathan to to put that on. Uh, and your actual prediction, Tom, for the for the game? Uh, two-one Charlton. Two-one Charlton. Excellent. Fingers crossed. Everyone, get your fingers, your toes, anything you can, cross it, get it crossed, uh, and let's hope that we get the result that we desperately need on. Uh, uh, Saturday right and uh, I'm losing the plot here it's the end of the season nearly uh, right don't forget uh, we'll be back here on Charlton Live on Sunday evening on Maritime Radio uh, to look back at whatever happens uh, down at Fratton Park on uh, on Saturday and then we'll be back the following Monday on Love Spot Radio Tom and Nathan will be there to do the phone-in show with Love Spot so make sure you tune in to both of those uh, both shows available on demand afterwards as well uh, we'll put the details on our social medias right Tom and Mark thank you for coming in this evening cheers Louis welcome I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live the big match preview it's a huge huge weekend for the club it's going to be a huge end to the season let's hope that all of these remaining games go our way and I can make our funny squealing noise again like I did in the background of the commentary Astros <laughs> I'll see you later Charles and Charles and